This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Hey, Holly. Hey, Kim. You, Kim's got that money, honey. Now she yes, Kim she Overs. Does. Yes. Now she is entered to win the $10,000 Pick Your Prize contest. It could be you, but you got to get registered. Otherwise, we can't help on you. On our app. Right. On, on the on app. app. Yes. Which uh, is super easy. Very much so. Let's uh, go back to the royals and a royal expert explaining some details that Meghan Markle shared with us during her sit-down interview with Oprah. During that interview, one of the things that Meghan Markle said of her time in the royal family, she said, when I joined the royal family, that was the last time until we came here to California that I saw my passport, my driver's license, and my keys. Mm-hmm. Right. And a royal expert, a historian who has consulted on the crown, told the BBC maybe what was happening behind the scenes about all of those documents being handed over to the royal family. So uh, this historian, Robert Lacey, says Megan had to hand in her driver's license under security rules. If she went out driving on her own, she would not be protected. Yeah, that's right. right, right. So it was a security issue. And uh, now there's um, somebody who is talking from the Monarchist League of Canada, is talking to page six. This person, Robert Finch, uh, saying that the passport may have been just taken for safekeeping. So we don't know about the passport. Well, yeah, but these I, guys are being very literal. I mean, yes. really, what she was, it, <laughs> yeah. she was more making the point that, you know, you, no once ex- you're a member of the firm, you, you don't just don't, yeah, you just are not just able to yes. just come and go yeah. as you please. Which making would, it a, uh, so we could all relate to that, you yes. know, but they are really picking apart her statements. Yes, they are very much picking about their state, uh, picking of, of, of those statements. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is one of those things where, you know, it's a, it's a literal thing. She probably didn't have her passport in her bedroom drawer, like many of us do, or right, wherever we right. keep it. But at the same time, it's like, well, I can't go and book a flight back to New York City to see my friends mm-hmm. like I'd normally be able right. to do. Or even just in Canada where I can hop the border and go about and live my life uh, as just a uh, private mm-hmm. individual. Uh, something that's gone viral this afternoon, Chelsea Handler trolling Piers Morgan with the time that she was on his talk show in uh, on CNN when he had that show, Piers Morgan Live. It was back from 2014. Where Chelsea Handler calling out Piers Morgan for being a terrible interviewer for not paying attention to what she was saying. Well, I he was terrible. Is this when he replaced Larry King? Yes. Yeah, he was. Julia and I were he rather was, upset because Larry were. King could have kept working yes. a couple more years. He tried to be Larry King ish, and he was terrible because he wasn't a very good listener. 
Mm, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so you can see that on Chelsea Handler's social media, and it's trending on social media. You know, she takes some task where she's like, "You're not paying attention," and then uh, she said that. It's not my problem if I'm not keeping it your attention. This is your show. You have to pay attention to the guests that you've invited on the show. Yeah. And then he tried to laugh it off, and then it was a little uncomfortable. So, uh, you know, go and get that secondhand embarrassment uh, over on Chelsea Handler's Instagram account. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susan Sarandon is dishing about a lot of her past loves on a new podcast. Oh, please. Sharing lots of details. Uh, so this is an interview that she did on the podcast called Divorce Not Dead. She's talking about a lot of her significant relationships, wow. including... I'm surprised. Like, Susan, yeah. we've got openings on our show. <laughs> to dish. All right, so she's talking... Yeah. She's making comments about Chris Sarandon, her first husband. Ah, oh, that's right. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, yeah, and he was also right. in a movie... That you guys referenced in the last segment, The Princess Bride. That's yes. right. He was in that, too. Right. I always forget that's where she got her last name. Yeah. Well, they started a relationship when she was only 19 years old. Did they meet on Rocky Horror Picture Show? No. no. They met when they were in college. Okay. They went to the Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C. She was actually only 17 years old when she met Chris Sarandon. He was a graduate student. And they got married to avoid expulsion from the university. Oh, so she said of their relationship, we dated, you know, we had sex and we got married and every year they would decide if they wanted to stay married. And after seven years, they decided to mutually move on. They got married in 1967. Classic starter marriage. Wow. (laughs) Divorced in 1979. But we now Mm -hmm. know Susan Sarandon because she kept the last name from her first marriage. What else did she dish about? Oh, well, all of them. So she she was never married to Tim Robbins, was she? No, but they were together a long time. Yeah, Julia, you're right. She never got married again after her marriage to Chris uh, Sarandon. Uh, Of her relationship with Tim Robbins, they were together from 1988 to 2009. They met on the set of the baseball movie Bull Durham. Mm -hmm. And then they, mm -hmm, they started dating afterwards. They had two kids together, and she said of not getting married. She said, I always was kind of afraid of taking each other for granted because you're married, you know, waking up in the morning and having to recommit. But she said, but of course... After a while in a relationship, you get a bunch of kids and a bunch of real estate, and you've been together for 20-some years. It's hard not to take each other for granted. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She said of marriage, she's just like, for me, I wasn't interested in it. I don't know why. My parents were married, and it wasn't a big deal. D- is she still with the pool, the ping-pong, the ping-pong, ping-pong guy? Player. Oh, the no. ping-pong guy, that's all over? Okay. Jonathan Bricklin, but she yeah. talks about him. Oh, she does? What <laughs> she say yes. about him? So, uh, she says of her relationship with the ping-pong guy, screenwriter is his official title, Jonathan mm. Bricklin, she confessed that the reason that she decided to go with a person 31 years younger is because she said one of the problems of finding guys in my age bracket is that so many of them are just trying to preserve the status quo at this point and hold on for dear life, and they're just not open and curious. Mm. She and Jonathan were together from 2010 until 2015, and one of the reasons that led to the breakup is that Jonathan was very jealous of her relationship with her sons. Oh, yeah, that's, oh. A, that's a breakup. Totally. Yep, that's just that's such a, break a weird jealousy. Yeah. You, you can't believe that happens with people that's that weird. are jealous of people's relationship with their with grown their kids. up kids. Yep. Yeah. They want to be the focus of all your attention. Oh, 
Yes. Your kids are grown up. You they don't need you. No, this yeah, is the thing. That's I've never heard this one yet. But okay. Why may you not meet this man? No kidding. Well, Susan Sarandon says of her relationship with Jonathan, it, it was partially because he didn't have a close relationship with his mom. And Susan Sarandon says that Jonathan saw it and it drove him crazy that she was close to her adult children and that he was jealous, definitely. Hmm. And also that Susan Sarandon was in the limelight and that uh, there was some negative press. Her her career was more established and bigger. And she said it seemed eventually to him that he wasn't, that he just couldn't deal with the anger that he had towards what seemed like everything was about me. She says well, he wasn't developed enough. She because says. it was, it is. What is wrong <laughs> with these people? Honestly. And she said of relationships generally, she's a you know she says she d- does too much. And she said, "Who wants to bleep their mom after a while?" No, nobody, nobody. Jeez, <laughs> that's uh, that's such a weird thing to say. Yeah, I'm I know. Sorry. Okay, with that, this was all over the place. Yeah, thirty-six, so he could marry. A divorced American woman. His father died. Albert is how what he was known as. Died in 1936 at the beginning of the year. Albert became Edward VIII. Takes the throne. Less than a year later, abdicates. And it was because he'd fallen hard for Wallace Simpson and his... You know, she'd been divorced once. His proposal of marriage caused social and a political uproar since the Church of England. It technically forbade Edward from marrying someone who'd been divorced. Eventually, right. he had to just abdicate. And, of course, he and Wallace stayed together to until he died in 1972. Then we see in... I believe season one of The Crown, mm-hmm. Princess Margaret following falling in love with P- Captain Peter Townsend, who was a Royal Air Force officer who was an equerry, which is basically an attendant to the royal family, mm-hmm. very involved in the horse business of the family. Sure. And he spent a great, te- great te- deal of time with Margaret, and she was like 20. And before long, they fell in love. He was like 45 but he, he was, was married, and he was married. That's the big problem. He and was still married. He was married when they started. We That's see that the, in the Crown. I forgot. That's a big problem, Lori. Big problem. Yeah. And so things got more scandalous in 1953 when Townsend divorced his wife, which we see in the Crown, proposes to Margaret, but the Church of England forbade it, and her sister Queen Elizabeth had to forbid her to do it. Yes. And that was a real... That was a painful thing to watch. Because I felt like it was painful for Queen Elizabeth to do. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. she had to follow the law. She, following it. And mm-hmm. then her, uh, you know, not long after that was put the kibosh on by Queen Elizabeth, Margaret married this photographer, Anthony Armstrong Jones. And it was the first royal wedding to be televised. Mm-hmm. And um, a few years later... What year was that? This is like 1960, something like that. Um, and a few years later, their 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 marriage became the stuff of... I mean, in all of the newspapers and tabloids in England, all this ridicule. They fought in public. 
Uh, they took long vacations without each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were lots of rumors about her close friendship that she had with the man 17 years her junior. Taking the lover. We saw this in the crown. We saw this in the mm-hmm. crown in, I believe, season three, the uh-huh. first season with Helena Bonham Carter. She goes to her island yes, home with does. her lover. So they don't get divorced. They announced their separation in 1976. Two years later, they're officially divorced. Margaret, in 1978, became the first royal to be divorced since King Henry VIII. Wow. All the way back in the 1500s. Wow. So that's, uh, you know, and, and so when I think of that, the royal family dismissing some of what Harry and Meghan said, They're thinking about how they've all had these different run-ins, different things, depending on the time. And people, of course, always, your pain is not that memorable in that way. Sometimes you think, oh, I got through it and you did too. But if Margaret had been around, she'd be equally appalled and clapping for those two. Mm -hmm. But in... um, I always get Margaret confused with Princess Anne. No, Princess Anne is the daughter who always has her hair in a bun. Helena Barnum Carter is Margaret, and and then Vanessa Kirby played. Right. When did she die? She died. Um, and geez, we see that, and we we don't. Yeah, yeah. you did. You missed this. uh, I think I she might have been in the in the early nineties or something. She she only lived to be in her early seventies or something. Right. Um, but okay. Queen Elizabeth has always, I think, really missed her because, of course, those two girls were just the spares. Yes, they were. They didn't grow up. They right. had a different way. So then, um, okay, then uh, we had the scandal of Princess Diana and her um, alleged lover were secretly recorded on the phone. This was something that... Uh, the Daily Mail yes, was just yes. recently sued for yes. a few years ago by mm-hmm. Hugh Grant and Company. The year is 1992. Prince Charles and Princess Diana are still married. Now, this may be some stuff we see in season five of The Crown, these audio things. So media outlets publish the transcript of a conversation between Diana and this James Gilby. He called her Squidgy. He told her he loved her like 53 times in the media tabloids, media, they called it squidgy gate. Okay. <laughs> and um, she, and then the same thing that same year in 1992, the same thing happened to Prince Charles. Not long after Diana's leaked phone call, Prince Charles had one of his own, an Australian magazine published the transcript and the audio of a call between Charles and Camilla Parker Bowles, a longtime married friend, and everyone knew that these two were romantically involved, but the conversation happened, and of course, in one part of the conversation, the couple joke about Charles wishing he were a tampon so he could live inside her trousers forever. (laughs) Okay. That's just so romantic. Right. A few months after that, Charles and Diana announced their separation. Then Diana gives the bombshell TV interview in 1995 to Martin Bashir, Mm -hmm. where she says there were three people in this marriage and the firm ignored her. Right. And she shared a lot of the same things that Meghan and Harry shared about. She couldn't get any help and she was so low and talking about 
I was popular and, you know, he just, it was an explosive interview. So that was a few weeks after that interview. It was the queen herself who talked to Charles and said, please get divorced. And they did. And, uh, um, Charles and Camilla, you know, wed in 2005, but yeah, they, it, then it lady took those, died 90, it, it, took, it took that phone call, that interview with Bashir in 1995. Yeah. For them mm-hmm. to finally call it off and have it be done. But with. Princess Diana died in like 1999, June, August 31st. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Princess Anne divorced her husband and married a member of the royal staff. This caused a bit of a hoo-ha. When was that? Again, this could be Mm -hmm. in season five of The Crown. She married this Olympic equestrian. I remember this. And we see this in The Crown, Mark Phillips, and they get married in 1973. I think we see it in The Crown season four. They spent huge time apart and didn't appear to be happy. People magazine in mid um or in the late 70s, described their marriage as a joyless sham. And in spring of 1989, a British newspaper obtained stolen copies of letters that Anne wrote to one of her equerries, a British naval officer named Timothy Lawrence. They published them. So this is when when the family was saying, get over this. This yeah. is kind of the stuff. Yep. And uh, anyway, they were described as extremely intimate and too hot to handle or print. Oh. And in 1992, she divorced Mark Phillips. I love their sound. They're two guys. That's who makes up Black Pumas. Mm-hmm. And last year, they were nominated for Best New Artist. And then this year, they got you know, multiple Grammy nominations for this album. Got it. I know. That's got kind of it, exciting. It, We're going to talk to John Bream tomorrow about music, the Grammys, kind yes. of what's going on and all that. And um, can I tell you, can we finally just discuss for one minute how uncomfortable we were watching The Bachelor, the fantasy oh. suite on Monday night. Oh. Rachel Lindsay, you know, she's an ex, she's the bachelorette and she's the one who called Chris Harrison out on his uh, yeah. talking down and explaining and everything. And, you know, she got blamed for his bad uh, response and explanation, but she is really a good entertainment correspondent on extra. Obviously doesn't maybe um, maybe just keeping her fingers in that because she seems to be quite good at it. Very good at it. And, um, but she talked about um, that episode and she said, we should not have aired. They should not have aired that. So what happened Rocco and for other people who are listening Mm -hmm. is that they had um, the bachelor Matt's dad um, come in and have, um, you know, a chat with him and it was so uncomfortable and, and it was a, you know, Matt's dad kind of abandoned them, didn't he? Or he was kind of around a little bit, but it just, it, not a lot, but it was, it, it, no one would want to have this conversation, this intimate conversation with you, one of your um, parents on national TV. TV, and the fact that the producers talked him into it, and then there's always the stereotype that the black dads are gone, and was, the kids are just raised by their mom. It was so it was horrible, uncomfortable horrible. watching it. I I don't want to see my bachelors or bachelorettes really cry with either no. one of their parents. And it, it was really it was it was 
it was uncomfortable. It was. And I and I think thank you, Rachel. That's why it was uncomfortable. It felt too personal 100 for both of them a to have cameras and national television and you know a producer i mean i'm sorry a minute yeah, I they talked him into that no and then then we had the three fanta suites and um i already feel like i know everything's gonna happen i but i'm excited for emmanuel achu to host the uh after, after the, the rose because yeah. i think that might be kind of good because he might be um talking to us about the fact that we see Matt pick Rachel the racist, and after the rose, they're going to break up or right, be already broken right, up on national right. TV. That's what I think is going to happen. And maybe he'll do like that one Ben did, and he'll they'll have Michelle sitting in the office, and he'll go, it was always you. Yeah. Michelle's you know? the teacher from here. Yeah. It, okay. it, I, we're, um, yeah, I'm... Oh, it was just horrible. Yeah. I didn't, we didn't want to talk about it. It was so bad. Yeah. I mean, that's so weird that we wouldn't even talk about it. Because it felt like the producers were really working overtime to make this happen and that somebody wasn't having his best interests at heart. Not at and all. And remember, he's never been on... He wasn't even... Usually these bachelors or bachelorettes are people who've been a con- been Tests on a season. So they've been they know how it works a little a bit. A little bit behind the scenes and he was brand new to the whole franchise. He and- would have been so easy to manipulate oh. cuz he was never even a contestant in one of the ladies seasons, which is usually how they they do feed yeah. uh their um people, Rocco, in case yeah, you're interested in trying know. out. Julia and I went um what was the name of the bar? It was um Toby Keys bar. Toby Keys and, and they, they had a casting call. They had a casting call. And for the bachelor uh-huh. we we broadcast live and Don't we got to yeah. yeah, we did. And like the people that showed up and I remember the producer saying if we're lucky out of the four or five hundred people that showed up, there yeah. might be one or two. Yeah. That would even play out. Yeah, it was, yeah. It's really, they've got it. They know exactly they're casting for specific mm-hmm. type, look, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And yeah, it was kind of a, it was a, that was a fun show. Right. You know, plus we always love it when we broadcast from a bar. <laughs> so, we, 2022. Mm-hmm. We do. We'll no, 20, no, we're 20, do, no, this 20, year. Yeah. We'll okay. do it September, the month where no one's working mm-hmm. because we're all going to be traveling. Yeah, but we're gonna be maybe. Traveling. It might be sooner than that, Julia. Oh, There's I think it's the positive be. news that's Here. coming out. They passed the COVID relief bill, so people yeah. are gonna get their four hundred dollar checks. The one maybe, in five Minnesotans have had at least have at least had one one vaccine. Dose. Yeah, um, and the money is coming. Yeah. And I mean, the one thing that is hanging over, you know, the Twin Cities is the the Derek Chauvin trial. I mean, it's, that it's heavy. is. It's it's, heavy, it's there. It's, you don't know what's going to happen no. every day. They they've got it's all the of it's in the news. So the world is watching. We're not ignoring it, people. No. We're just you know we don't really. They're there's picking, so much time. You know they're not right. picking the jury, and we're not yeah. going to uh, do that. But there is a lot of focus here. Oh, so I've just news. been like kind of like going. Okay, well let's let's keep focus. Yesterday, walls made. Uh, Nick uh, Zapelka, the his signer, his yes, hand interview. Yes, yes, yes. It was her day yesterday. Oh, and we love 
And, uh, yeah, like see that movie, her. The yep. Sound of Metal, if you haven't, it's going to get an Oscar nomination. I just know it for Riz Ahmed. Well, happy Bulge Day, everybody. Thanks That's for right. hanging out with us and watch out for the severe weather in those counties that we talked about. It's a swimming bulging Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know how true uh-huh. that was. We'll be back tomorrow.